I'm back. What's up, guys? It's your boy Zen Heather. Welcome to the South Asian Soliloquies podcast. And um, today, I'm going to talk about the importance of leadership and taking accountability of your own life. Because I feel like a lot of us, we don't do it because culture makes it a bit tough. But this is a situation of, despite the culture being tough, we have to be, we have to be leaders and and stick out our our own life and, and follow the, you know the beat of our own drum because if we don't, we're going to be living half lives and half measures. And I'm going to be talking about that today. But really quickly, I want to address why I've been gone. I've been in the hospital. I've been sick. I've been dealing with some health issues. Uh, I've been dealing with some digestive issues. I don't want to get too specific into that. But uh, essentially, in a future podcast, in a future episode, months down the line, I'll talk about the specifics about that because I feel like a lot of people can benefit from what I went through and how I overcame it and what I did that actually got myself in that situation in the first place. So I feel like that'll be beneficial. But number two, I want to address really quickly. I know everybody has been waiting for the Masa Amini episode. I've been advertising that we're going to have women on the episode. We're going to have women talking about their experiences in Tehran and under the Khomeini's. And we're going to be talking about how men can create a culture of both inclusivity and abuse and what we as men need to do to, to protect and, you know, help our, our fellow women. But I can't do that if I'm mansplaining by myself. I need real voices for that. So currently I'm collaborating with, with, the, with those fine individuals. And, um, you know, once everybody's on the same page and once everybody feels safe and secure, that's the most important thing. Once everybody feels comfortable, we're going to have that episode rocking for you guys. And I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So, so that's number two. But number three... You know, this morning I had a drug test. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a job interview, and uh, you know, it's a pretty big place potentially uh, that I, you know, I'm not worried about it. But it's a big place I could potentially be hired at. So I had a drug test this morning. But I was thinking while in the car, you know, I'm driving the car, and I'm thinking, man, like, you know, I know comparison is the root of all of all evil. You know, or is comparison steals joy and shit. Like I know all that, but you know, I'm looking at other contemporaries of mine. I'm looking at friends. I'm looking at you know, men on social media around my age. And I'll be honest with you, they're more successful at life than I am right now. And so I thought about it, and I was like, why? Why? Like, like what? What are they doing that I'm not? Because I'm accountable for my own shortcomings and victories in life. So what are they doing that I'm not? And I saw that there was a common pattern, especially in Desi leaders, and especially in you know the second generation Desi community, and just immigrant communities worldwide. The true trailblazers and the true successful individuals were the ones who were afraid, who were unafraid, excuse me. Of, of, of their cultural tropes. The ones who are the most successful and the ones who are most happy and, and fulfilled in life and the ones who have smiles on their faces are the ones who didn't listen to other people when they told them to do specific things. In other words, they didn't care what other people thought. They went ahead and followed their dreams. And when you do that, when you go ahead and you follow your own dreams and you beat to the, you know, the drum of your own horn or whatever you call it, and you just follow your own experiences, you create resiliency within yourself. You get new experiences so you have a different perspective of the world, a more nuanced perspective of the world, so you get along with people more. You, you gain networking skills so you, so you connect with people more, so you have more opportunities. And then on top of that, you're making your own dreams happen. Like what's more beautiful than saying, I want to make a movie, and then you make a movie, and you have a world premiere for it. What, what, what's more beautiful than that? 
you know? So it's the most fulfilling life you can live. It's the most powerful life you can live to follow your own dreams no matter what, despite what other people are saying. Those are the most successful individuals in the world. Those are the most successful people, contemporaries, peers, friends of mine. The ones who said to hell with what, you know, my mom and dad said, or to hell with what my boyfriend said, or to hell with, with uh, I thought I was supposed to do years ago. I'm going to follow my dreams, and if it's tough, I'm still going to do it anyway, because that's the only way that I'll ever be able to sleep at night. That's the only way I can ever look at myself and be satisfied. Because to me, humans, every individual has one challenge, one obstacle that they have to overcome that will define who they are for the rest of their life. And for a lot of these humans, not all of us, but for a lot of us, it's the pursuit of following our dreams. Should we or should we not? Should we or should we not? You know, that that is what it is. Like, you know, how, how often do we hear like a lawyer or a doctor or, or, or a mechanic or whatever saying, I'm doing this, but my, my true passion is X. My true passion is Y. And that's normalized. But I don't understand why as a society we normalize sacrificing your own dreams for security because then as a society we create a bunch of drones who just uphold the status quo instead of leaders who change it and make it a more colorful better and creative world it's easy to just stay in the library study notes all day and pass an exam it's hard to stand up to people who don't respect your craft, your artistic endeavors, create something new out of it, create a job out of it, create a reputation out of it, and it create a lifelong legacy out of it. That's a lot harder. But yet, we dismiss the arts. This, you know, and, and that's hard. It's tough. We shouldn't dismiss the arts. Because if you look at entertainment, you look at media, you look at any, any um, you know, media piece ever the most iconic ones throughout history are the ones who combined entertainment value something toyetic something unique to the story like web swinging and spider-man or or sea battles and pirates of the caribbean things of that nature and combining that with humanity with ethics with a deep moral lesson with characters you connect with because it's through characters where you learn the lessons of whatever media you're consuming it's through peter parker that you learn great power comes great responsibility from how he's written you know what i mean so it's like those like media is just as powerful and just as influential as anything on the planet. And yet it's disrespected all the time. I don't know why, but I will say this. The fact that I haven't been where I want to be in life is solely because of Loki Akahinga. Okay. It is solely because of what will other people think. That is the biggest reason, right? Because when I was in high school, I wanted to go to school to be a writer. I wanted to go to school to, to be, to be a, 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 a playwright, actually. I wanted to go to school to, to make movies, comic books, things like that, nature. But I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know you could do that. Because my parents were saying, and in society at large, were saying, you know, uh, medical school, neo-med. I remember... You know, my you know my my folks really encouraged me to do neomed, and they were a bit overzealous with it, but they they didn't mean anything bad by it. They didn't mean anything wrong by it. They they wanted me to apply for a neomed program, and it, I just looked at the application, and I was like, this is not me. I just feel alien here. I, I'd rather talk about plot devices. I don't want to do this, and I ended up sabotaging 
my own application because I was like, if they see I got rejected, then they'll stop. And I wasted a whole year of my life doing that because I wasn't afforded the choice of, you can actually do creativity. You can actually do writing. And so then I decided to go into psychology. I, you know, because when you don't know what you want to do in life and you're in college, and obviously dropping out of college as a South Asian is a massive no-no, I decided, okay, I'll be a psychologist. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm, I'll just do psychology because that's what everybody does and there has to be some job and I'll just kind of live life just to live day, day to day until I figure it out. And I got into a school psychology program. I was doing it. It was fine, but it wasn't me because the whole point of me joining school psychology is that I could help people. And I found it found out very easily that it has very little to do with actual counseling and has everything to do with testing. And when that was the case, I was like, okay, this is not me. I don't care about IQ scores. I don't care about uh, standardization. I want to talk about how we can get you to, you know, stop your, you know, your tremors. I want to talk about how we can, you know, help you sleep at night. I want to talk about how you can get over that heartbreak. I don't give a shit about testing standardization. Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? And so then I found myself leaving the program and I I had a time a couple years ago from February to like June where I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just working jobs just to survive. I didn't know what I was fucking doing. But but there was always a calling. There was always a calling. And, and Bree said this. She said, you know, you love writing. I remember I told her, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do HR. Fuck this shit. I'm just going to do HR. I'm just going to make money. And I'm just going to live my life like that. I'm, you know, and she said, you're good at storytelling. You are good at writing. I'm not just saying that just because I'm with you. Like, you, you actually have a passion for characters. Like, you have a drive to make characters work and make people cry and, 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 and feel and, 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 you know, act with them and, and, and relate to them as if they were real people right in front of them. You should really not take that to, to waste. And so Brie opened a part of my brain that I didn't even know was possible. That, oh, I can actually follow my dreams? So I was like, all right. So I started applying to colleges. I started applying to schools. Full Sail University, I applied there. I got in. I had made all the connections I possibly could. Uh, I actually get my diploma this week, I think. But the thing is, I don't really tell people about that. I don't tell anybody that I like writing. I don't really advertise it. Because what the attitude that I get a lot of times in our culture and South Asian culture is, yeah, you're good. This is a hobby, but what are the chances you'll make a job out of it? What are the chances you're actually going to be successful? Like we are viewed as, you know, we're viewed in a skeptical light from the start. And so that passion to be better and that passion to, to, to just improve and to constantly strive to improve our craft, that's killed because nobody believes in us especially when that comes from from people we love like i love our parents don't get me wrong but our parents often say like you know just be a doctor or an engineer because of money and stability but if you do something creatively you know creatively they're gonna say well why we don't know if you'll be successful we don't know if you'll do this we don't know if if it'll work out we don't know and so then you're kind of like damn like you never believed in me and, and, and to not believe in what you want to do and to not believe in your talents inherently is to not believe in a part of who you are. Like, that's your identity. That's who you are. That's what you do. And they don't believe in you. 
you know, to bring an analogy, that's why Spider-Man got so sad when Gwen Stacy died because his whole thing is he saves people. So when he can't, then what's the point? So if I if I love storytelling and I love to write creatively, creatively, and I and I love to to break down character arcs and I love to make fantasy stories feel human and real and authentic. And everybody around me is saying, you should do this job. You should do a hospital job. You should do a, a STEM job because who knows if you're actually going to be good. Who knows if you'll actually get a job in the entertainment market. That's to say that inherently we don't think you're good enough. And South Asian culture, we do enough of that. We do enough of doubting the younger generation. Let's uplift them. Let's let's make them say, hey, if you want to do this, let's do it. You know, like that tiger parenting aspect of making sure our kids are the best students possible. Why don't we apply that, but make sure our students are the best in whatever field they feel that they want to be? You know, like if you like writing, okay, that's fine, but I better not see any C's in English class if that's what you want to do. Like that makes sense. But we don't do that. And so then I applied to Full Sail. I made the connections. I got in there. I graduated and everything like that. But I wish that I had done that from the beginning. I wish I had done that at 18 years old, not 26 years old, not not nearly 10 years later, because I feel like I would have, I, I feel like I would have, you know, I wouldn't have wasted so much of my life because I wasted so much of my life trying to figure out my own identity because my identity has been told to me by the Western world, by the, you know, older, older generation, by society, by, by college contemporaries. And I never figured out what I want to do. So as a Desi society, we need to let our kids and we need to let our second generation figure out who they are and what they want to do. Let them figure it out. That way they're not wasting their life. That way they're not wasting valuable time. Let them figure it out because it's easier to struggle for 10 years for something you're going to do for the rest of your life than to struggle for 10 years only to find out 10 years later that's not what you want to do and start all over from scratch. Like we, we, we often tell, we often tell our, 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 our second generation to, you know, uh, be a doctor and then get another job where you can do what you want to do. But bro, I don't want to be 50 fucking years old by the time I get to what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody got time for that. So, so that's something that I observed, like, while I was, you know, I had an advisory meeting this morning with, with, uh, with the Full Sail alumni. And, you know, I was thinking, like, man, like, if I was 18 years old and I had applied, I would have had 10 years of experience and, and, and writing. Who knows what I, where I would have been now? Now, it's not too late. I'm 26. I have 10 more years. I have, I have, I have like, 60, 70, 80 more years, I hope, you know? I have time to make whatever I want and, and I have to I have to be present in the moment. You know what I mean? And I have every day strive to be greater. That's that is the way forward for me to get where I want to go in my life. Right? Like I can't be complacent about it 110%. That's the curse of creative lives. As as positive as it is, you cannot be lazy. Because because then it falls on its ass. Because then your dreams are just an escape. It's not legitimate. And, and my dreams are not just an escape from reality. It's legitimate. Like, I want to do this. You know what I'm saying? I want to make comic books. I want to make films. You know what I'm saying? We need to tell people that it's feasible to, to reach their dreams. We, we shouldn't limit them. You know? Th- that's just one thing that I observe. And, you know, if we want to make South Asian society a dominant powerhouse in America, then we can't just limit our kids to just one part of society and expect them to not contribute to other parts of the of it you know 
like if if we complain about oh like Hollywood keeps making Muslims bombers, okay, then uncle, let your fucking kid go to go go to film school. You yourself complain about the movies. Your kid loves to write. Let him go. But no, you're a fucking idiot, and you just want him to 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 do medicine when he might not want to do it. And then when he gets mad and reacts at you, you're you're gonna say, "How dare you disrespect me?" Well, it's not like you're you know throwing away his life or anything. It's not like you're I don't know. <laughs> making him do something against his will, but that's a whole other issue. But that's number one. You know, I, I think I think that as as a society, we need to champion independence to be able to follow our own dreams because that is the mark, to me, of the ultimate human being. The ultimate human being sets their sights on a target, tunnel vision, eliminates all the other noise, and gets it done no matter what. South Asian culture does a fantastic job at rearing kids. Imagine if we combined that. Imagine if we combined that discipline that's really good in, in, in rearing our kids with the positive outlook of if you want to do, you know, ballet, you want to do writing, you want to do rapping, whatever, you better be fucking good at it. You better work at it. You better not be lazy. Like applying that South Asian work ethic to creative arts instead of just the academics. Our society would flourish because every part of our society would be would be popping and would be influential and, and everybody would would want to be a part of it. Our fashion lines would be amazing, which which they are to be fair, but I'm talking an American influence at least. Our our fashion lines would be influential. Our music scene would be influential. Our mus uh, our movie scene would be influential. Our TV series sh uh, show aspects would be influential. We influence America and how they view us and how important we are to their pro to production of society. We do that by creating multiple jobs in multiple fields, not just staying in the hospital. Because we are influential in the medical world, but that's it. That's doing a disservice to our people. You know what I'm saying? Like we can, we can, we can expand more. We can expand more. We should expand more. Kids don't have. Kids shouldn't have to wait until they're adults to want to live out their, their childhood dreams. They should be training to do that from the start of their childhood. That's how we create adults who face any challenge successfully, as well as adults who are happy. Because essentially, then we are teaching adults how to successfully chase happiness. We don't teach adults to successfully chase happiness when we're just telling them what to do. So that's just my thoughts. That's just my thoughts on why we should champion creativity in the South Asian community. Um, you know, it can waste people's lives. It can waste people's, uh, you know, time, waste their livelihoods. And uh, while it is never too late to rebrand re and rebuild your life, let's be real. Time, you know, money is, is time is money, and you know we don't have a lot of that, so we shouldn't waste it. We shouldn't waste it. We should champion people in terms of uh, challenging themselves and, and meeting those goals successfully. But that's all I have for this episode. Next week, we are going. We are hopefully going to get the Masa Mini episode. Uh, we're going to get back to darker social issues, more mature issues. But this episode, I've been sick. I've been on my ass. I've been on my bed. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about where I want to be in life. And I would. I will be where I want to be in life by being a leader, being assertive, forgetting what other people think and just going to do what I want to do. I can't do that if I'm constantly trying to be a doctor, constantly trying to be a medical professional while also balancing my dreams. You can only do so much at one point. 
and uh, I think it's complete bullshit that you should sacrifice your own time just for other people's opinions. So that's all I have for this week, guys. Catch you later. Peace out.